Y'all better go sign up, get this money. I did that all through vet school. Um, you mm. either stay at their house or you can just go visit their house um, or the dog can stay at your house, whatever you prefer. But it's really what? cool. It's awesome, man. And Next episode, people. you're about to come in here and see 10 dogs in this apartment. <laughs> to Kevin's going to start avidly being a rover, super, a super host. A super host. It is impossible to anticipate where the two monsters which suddenly appeared in the atomic area will attack next. If your power goes out, remain calm. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to episode 15 of the First Sip Podcast. On this episode, we're celebrating. We're drinking a little bit. Dee. We are drinking. We're drinking. drinking with the right guest. There's a reason for that. We just hit over 2,000 subs. That may not seem like a lot, but to us, it means everything. We truly appreciate everyone that has been tuning in, listening, spreading the word. Our goal is to drive wellness, spread some knowledge on stuff that we don't know about. So. Yeah. We are excited. Little by little, man. We're fired up. This is it. We're One fired up. At a time, we're bringing people in. On today's episode, we have Dr. Carnavalli, one of my dear friends, Michaela Carnavalli, who is a vet. So today we're going to touch on do's and don'ts with your cat and your dog, how COVID has impacted your animal, and how she recommends you adjust the animal moving forward. And then we're going to touch on college a little bit, the schooling yeah. she went through, and then any funny story she had. So with that being said, we're going to get going. Thanks for coming on, Michaela. Hi guys, thanks for having me. Doctor's in the house. Doc is in the house. Man, the everybody's net worth just went up from here. Yep. Doc is in. She's rocking a crew neck that says busy saving all the animals. That's it. That's what we do. That's why we gotta get videos going, bro. Yeah. So people can see what <laughs> we're we doing. Need here. Media so yeah. you can see her. Saving all the animals. Saving all the animals. The doctor while we're drinking. You With can that, call me Dr. Mech. <laughs> Dr. Mech. With that being said, what you sipping on, Michaela? Um, tonight we have uh Cab Sauv, um, aged in a bourbon barrel. Wow, that a cab a cab Sauv. Cab Sauv, aged in a in a bro. You should barrel. get into wine. You're I love wine. Yeah, I know, but like like start like talking about it, drinking it, like ordering it out. You guys wouldn't like me if Ladies I did that. Love, oh, you already judge me. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true, Michael. What you just said, but we're, we're is definitely true. I get that. I know me some good wine. Okay, and for, and once you, again, you think ladies love like a sommelier? Ladies love a guy who a sommelier. Okay, <laughs> if you're gonna say it, you gotta say it right. Okay, Michael, let him know if you're gonna say it, you gotta say he, it right. Almost romantic. So like, if I went on a first date with Deke and he was like, "Big, let me order this. I'll take like the vintage 2013 Cabernet Sauvignon a bourbon barrel." I'd be like, "My and heart." I would, and I would order the dinner too because I just know how to pair it well. That's yes. where that's where it really matters, Bert. That's you, what I'm saying. It's bro. not just about the you don't ever talk about. You got to pair. See, I didn't know that because you're not ready for that. <laughs> people not ready for that that's i'm telling you that's high level content that's that 1995 on a, on a special website i ain't gonna talk about but that's nice. where we're gonna drop that content we're gonna talk about that later that's big we don't no. what no he's kidding yeah. he's kidding my future my future branch out from this michelle is a good person bro she doesn't even know what you're talking about yeah yeah i'm always branding though so just when that comes it's coming so mm -hmm. here we go somebody's gonna make a splash on the internet we here mm -hmm. but yeah let's get into it bert let's dive into it what are you sipping on deke first man this one is this one hits home. We uh, cracked open a bottle of El Dorado 15 year rum. It's Guyanese rum. It's phenomenal. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. It's smooth. Mm -hmm. It's easy on the palate. Mm -hmm. So we'll start on a fun note, I guess. 
Michaela, what makes you happy that people do with their animals? So when someone brings in a dog or they bring in their cat, what makes you happy to hear that they're doing with said pet in the house? Yeah, because I got some questions. Yeah. Um, Okay. So things that make me happy that are stupid are like when the animal comes in in like an outfit, like (laughs) me, your puppy in a dress. Like I live for that. I'm here for that. Um, I know you care if you're spending money on your your pet's clothes. I know that you love them. Hmm. Uh, It might be a little nuts, but I love you for it. Um, You know, obviously other than that, um, bringing your pet to the vet makes me happy because, you know, a lot of people don't. It's a good place to start. You know, annual checkups, very important for people and animals alike. Um, you know, just like keep seeing them in good body condition. So, you know, you're not too fat, you're not too thin. Um, you know, it looks like you're paying attention. Those are like kind of my initial impressions. Like the first thing that I see when a, an animal walks in is like their general appearance. Is your coat clean? You know, are you in good health or like body condition? You know, mm-hmm. is your carrier clean? What kind of leash do you have on? Do you have a harness? You know, so just kind of the first impression things are, are kind of big. Um, but you know, I'm here for the, I'm here for the silly outfits. Mostly. I love that. I love the little things. That's a great <laughs> place to start because Bert, I don't know if I told you, but I'm getting a dog. Are you? I think I can't be serious. As soon as I move, I'm getting a dog. No way. You yeah. Gotta rescue it. This yeah, of course. Dog. Of course. Yeah. But this brings me to my question. What type of dog would be best for Dikembe? Ooh. I have some ideas, so That's I'm not going to... I think Dikembe we talked well about too. this actually back <laughs> in the college good. years. But okay. I, have, I have some ideas, but I want to hear what you think would fit my personality. Yep, yep, yep. So this is actually a really good point for mm. any new dog or pet owner. My God, do your research before I ask you the big brain questions. That's why people come yeah. in. <laughs> so people, you know, especially now, they think okay, I'm home a lot. Let me get a dog. And then they're like, you know, what's a really freaking cool dog, a Siberian Husky. And then they'll get one and they are working from home. They don't take it outside. The thing's howling at them all day long. And they're like, I don't know why this dog hates me. And it's like, well, you didn't do your research. You don't have any idea what this dog wants to do with the day. And it's not sit and watch you at the computer for mm-hmm. you know, 10 hours a day. That being said, Deke, I know you're an active guy, but you're more of a gym goer. Um, which unfortunately we can't bring the dog. So I know in the other not half, yet. Of the world, not yet. We're going to work on a gym like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, we can definitely work on a gym like that. That would be perfect. Wow. A perfect business opportunity. I would rather for every day. Yeah. Imagine you could work out around some dogs. Yeah. Yeah. But I get in the way though. You're no, sure. never. They would be, them. they would be tame dogs. Okay. Like I a canine would not unit. be able to get a thing done at the gym if there were dogs there. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I would be so motivated to work out next to my dog like you know it's watching you like, like he yeah, just wound me on like yeah. get him <laughs> get him and if anybody try me he's gonna attack him mm-hmm. so bring bring us back bring us back so i know in the other half of your life you like mm. to you like to chill you like to i'm a mellow person TV, i'm way back listen to music you like to cook you're kind of a homey guy and you also like to hang out with friends so you need kind of like a chill but also friendly dog so I know you're gonna nail this yeah, so I would say like Frenchie for you, like French bulldog, a fat little snorty guy, you know, just likes to snug, but also very playful when you want to be playful, but we'll chill when we want to chill. So I've talked to people about this before, and a few of them listened to the pod. I was talking about this two days ago. That's why I asked the question. My thought was an English bulldog. Oh, uh, bro, for sure. And like name him like Hoagie or something. Alpheus. <laughs> Alpheus. Oh, Alpheus. Yeah, but you're going to name your it. kid Alpheus. Though. Well, we'll see which one comes first. 
Oh, the dog. You never know what could happen. <laughs> You're not having a kid before you get a place. Life happens I fast. Think, I think you name it like Hoagie. Hoagie. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. <laughs> for an English. Get an English bulldog, please. He's and ask your friend Albert here for some pet insurance. Cause yeah. Oh, that's true. They're cute. They're really great dogs, but they have some problems. They're Always plugged. Yeah. Basically genetically modified mutant dogs. If you think of like a wolf, how did we get from wolf to English bulldog? A lot of inbreeding. Um, mm. Really, those dogs, if it weren't for human kind of intervention, would not be able to survive on their own. Um, they're awesome. They're very sweet. They're super cute. Um, but they do have some issues and they can get pricey. So I would say anyone who's looking to get any brachycephalic dog, so a short-nosed dog, pug, Frenchie, bulldog, do yourself a favor, get yourself some pet insurance before uh, before you go that route because you will be in the vet. Um, like that, pet insurance. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, you know, and it's a good place to plug, Bert. I don't think many people know that you do the insurance game. This is what you do. That's true. That hey, listen, people, y'all need some insurance. Come see my boy, Bert. I don't know what kind of disclaimers he needs to put out there. <laughs> we'll come back to that later. Um, but yeah, Bert. What kind of insurance can you help the people with real quick? Pet insurance? I, uh, yes. Everything personal Homeowners? to Canby. Car? Home yes. life auto. Yes. Home life auto. Guys. What's your per cap, Bert? What's up? What's your per cap? My per- oh, wow. Look at you dropping the Liberty lingo. We're not going to pivot to the Liberty Mutual lingo. Just hit my boy Bert up. Okay, you guys, Everyone's fired up. Get your financial review done this year. Hit up my boy Bert. Yes, I will take care of you. Then come see me for your house. Mm-hmm. Yes. Back to McKella with the pets. Back to McKella with the pets. So we can fill the house with the proper pet. And you touched back on doing your research. What what do you mean by that? Like, what should people be looking for? Yeah. So, um, again, like if my boyfriend, John, he's super outdoorsy guy, likes to hike, you know, likes to be outside in all weather conditions. For example, English bulldog, not the dog for him. I mean, English bulldog is not going to be able to climb a mountain. They're going to He, he needs the husky. <laughs> Yeah, he needs like a husky or like a cattle dog, like a working dog that has a lot of energy. Um, whereas I am more of like a a pug kind of guy. You know, let's like lay around and like not ever be anywhere that's greater than ten percent humidity. Like that's like <laughs> my wheelhouse. So just knowing what your dog was bred for. Um, so like you know, a, a working class dog, like a cattle dog, you know, they were born and mm. bred to, to herd animals. So, you know, they're okay. going to be at your feet all the time. They're going to be following you around. They're very active. Um, their mind is very active. So if you don't keep them mentally engaged and stimulated, they're going to cause trouble. They're going to tear up your clothes. They're going to rip up your carpets. Like they're going to, they're not going to fare well if you're not giving them the simulation that they need. Whereas go ahead. I have a question. Yeah. Say I was to get a horse and a whole ranch in the next couple of years, what would be a good dog for that type of environment? Hmm, good question. So like, yeah, so like a spaniel or like a cattle dog, you know, something very active. Um, Are you taking notes? Get this down because I'm gonna, I'm not going to remember this. Yeah, the camera's going to get a horse. I'm not going to remember. But yeah, I'm getting a horse. So I'm going to need that a white horse. Dog. Wow. This is so great. It's going to be nice. Man, my, side, my sidekick. My sidekick dog. That's a little bit out of my expertise, but I can send you some equine vets. For do sure. they do? Okay. So you would need a specific equine. Is that, did I say that right? Equine? Yep. Mm-hmm. You would need a specific equine vet. If like cool. you've never dealt with a horse, right? No one's ever came in and said, Hey, Dr. Dr. Mech. Right. Problem. So interesting in vet school, you know, like human med is a little different because you're only working with people, but 
you know, I had to learn about horses and cows and pigs and goats and dogs and cats and lizards and birds and, you know, everything. When you graduate from vet school, you kind of pick an area that you want to go to. So like Mm. for me, I did um, small animals and then also like exotic pets. So that basically includes anything that you can buy at a pet store. So I treat birds and lizards and small mammals, bunnies, um, you know, cats and dogs. Um, So kind of like your generic household pets. Um, Other people, you know, specialize in just horses, which would be an equine vet. Um, other people will do like large animal, which is like, um, cows and pigs and goats and things like that. Um, they're specifically like food animal medicine. So there's a lot of different subsets of vets. Um, and even within that, like I could have gone on to more school and, um, been like a cardiologist, for example, or like a dermatologist or an ophthalmologist. So a lot of people don't know that if your pet has like a very specific issue that goes beyond the scope of like your you know, everyday vet, your general Mm. practice vet, then there actually are like specialists that only do like cardiology, neurology, ophthalmology, things like this. Okay. So when I get my dog, um, when I get hoagie or cheesesteak, we'll figure out the name. Cheesesteak's good too. I like cheesesteak because we in Philly, you know, shout out. Cheesesteak egg roll. Cheesesteak egg roll. Whoa. That's his full name. Cheesesteak egg roll Smith. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Cheesesteak egg roll Smith. So, yeah, so when I get cheesesteak egg roll Smith, you're going to have to help me build out my team of uh, pet doctors. Yes. Because I want nothing but the best. And your farm. Mm-hmm. Nothing but the best. The farm is going to come later down the road. Mm-hmm. Maybe next summer. <laughs> is that a short timeline? It's a short time. I don't know why you always look at me like that. <clears throat> I, I'm telling you, you got to think big, Bert. Mm-hmm. You got to think big. So, Michaela, you want to, your home, you want to set your home up the best way that you can for your animal. So give us an example of what you would recommend to set your home up the best for a dog and to set your home up a best, the best for a cat. Cause I know like you, for example, you yelled at me, I have two cats. You're like, you need, and, and I have three floors. You're like, you need a litter box on each floor kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So those kind of tips. Yeah. So I'd say cats are definitely more um, particular than dogs. Like dogs are very malleable for the most part. You know, they can kind of adjust to a lot. Cats, not so much. Um, they're very picky, um, and sensitive. So as you've learned with your own cats, um, so for cats, like the biggest rule, like you said, if you have two cats, you need three litter boxes at least. So we usually say N plus one, if you have six cats, you need seven litter boxes. And that is not including, like you said, if you have multiple floors, you need to have them distributed across the house so that they always have access to one. Um, for cats too, you know, they definitely need their own space. So like a place to be able to like get away from you and get away from noise and like, you know, get away from stress. So, um, you know, if you have like a small apartment, like maybe getting them like a little hideaway house or like something that's their own. Um, and with that too, like, you know, kind of like stimulation that they can kind of like take, take the, their kind of anger and things out on. So scratching posts, um, laser pointers, little like things to bat at things that they can kind of entertain themselves with because cats are not nearly as social as dogs. So they kind of like to do their own thing. Um, and then, you know, if you have like a very stressful, nervous, scared cat, um, you can even put like in your house, they make diffusers, pheromone diffusers, um, that kind of smell like mom and it kind of can make them feel a little bit more relaxed. It's almost like aromatherapy for cats. So that's called like a feel away diffuser, for example. Um, those are kind of like the basic things, uh, for cats, of course, like access to food and water, you know, they're usually free feeding cats. 
Um, yeah, so those are kind of the big things. Hmm. What, 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 staying on cats, when you touched on free feeding, do you recommend or is, is there anything recommended in the field of feeding them at a specific time or just leaving it out, leaving the food out? It really, for me, matters less about like when they eat and it's more about like how much they eat. So, you know, if you are, if you're one of those people, I definitely don't recommend, oh, the bowl's empty, let me fill it because they're going to eat themselves, you know, to death. They're going to be like a 30 pound cat if you let that go on. So, you know, if you want to free feed, that's fine, but you have to kind of cap it. Um, so if you notice that, you know, Fluffy is eating their daily allotment in calories by 9 a.m., okay, well, now we know that they, they can't be trusted to have that all at once. So you might have to kind of do it in meal time or spread it across. But if they're kind of a little bit more of a grazer and they maybe take a bite here and there um, throughout the day, then, you know, it's okay. But as long as their total like caloric intake um, is about the same and like reasonable for their size, uh, it doesn't matter so much to me if they're at meal times or if they're at um you know, free feeding, uh, that's for, you know, specifically for cats. I think dogs, it's maybe a little bit more important and are easier, um, to do them at, at specific meal times because dogs again are usually more food motivated. So they're going to clean their bowl for the most part, you know, at every meal. Hmm. And I had a question before we started recording, mm-hmm. does the dog food matter? Does the pet food matter? Does the pet food matter? Yeah. The pet food definitely. And what are some, like, if you, cause I, I guess people usually talk about like, okay, look at the ingredients. What are mm-hmm. some, Let's think of like three main things you want to avoid. Avoid yeah. and look for. So you you grab a yeah. bag in the store, you're looking at it. What should people remember? Dr. McKellis said, like I if need I to see look this, for this. Yeah, if I see this in the first five ingredients on this list, uh-uh, that's not it. I'm staying okay. away from it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a really good question. I get this question all the time. Um, I mean, it's just like us, right? It's like you are what you eat. So I, I think that nutrition is absolutely like fundamental. Like you can't be healthy if you're not eating healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, so for cats and dogs. Um, the number one thing I would say is there is a seal on dog foods. Um, AFCO, A-A-F-C-O. Um, it's like the American association of feeding something, something, um, A-A-F-C-O. So if it has an AFCO seal on it, that means that the food has been either formulated or tested according to this AFCO standard. So um, therefore it's meeting the nutritional requirements and the testing requirements that are, you know, kind of outlined by um, this organization that, you know, that is very trusted in, in food quality. So if you pick up a bag and you do not find an AFCO seal on it, I would not purchase that bag of food. Um, Yeah. Um, And then there's kind of two, two things that go along with that is some of them will say formulated to meet AFCO standards, which means, you know, if AFCO requires this much protein, this much, this, this much, that, you know, they've kind of made a recipe in a lab and and packaged it so that it would hypothetically fit AFCO standards. And then there's, then there's tested to meet AFCO standards. So that means it's actually been, um, you know, processed and, and run through testing to assure that those standards have been met. Um, so that one, I'd say if you can find one that's been tested to meet AFCO standards, that's a little bit better than the ones that have been formulated to meet AFCO standards. Um, so that's probably the number one thing I'd say with any pet food. Um, the other thing, um, especially for dogs, that's been kind of a new, a new thing that's come up is grain free diets. People are usually very into that idea, you know, with like being gluten free, you know, people like to kind of project 
their lifestyle and their diets onto their pets. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually grain-free diets have been linked to a certain kind of um, heart disease in dogs. So dilated cardiomyopathy. Um, so they're, they don't really know why it might be linked to the fact that they're kind of substituting grains for things like legumes, um, as like a carb source. Mm-hmm. Um, or it might be that like the taurine levels in the food are not adequate. They're not exactly sure they haven't figured it out. So it's just more of like a correlation at this point. Um, so just to be on the safe side, we're definitely saying stay away from grain free diets for now, mm-hmm. because, you know, it, it is, um, putting these dogs at risk for developing this heart disease. I might just cook for my dog. Just give them what I'm eating. What do you think about that? Great point. Okay. So then there's people who don't trust commercial dog foods and that's totally fine. Like if you're more of a holistic person and you prefer to cook for your pet, um, I am on board with that. However, your nutritional requirements and your dog's nutritional requirements or your cat are not the same. Um, you know, you guys require different amino acids and levels of protein and, and things like that. So if you are going to cook for your pet, um, either consulting a veterinary nutritionist, which is one of those specialists that I talked about, you know, people go to additional schooling, um, following the four years of vet school and get, um, certified in, you know, specifically nutrition. So they can help you come up with a diet. Um, or, you know, there's even, there's a couple of companies and websites and things. So there's a company, um, called like, I have it written here, um, just for food dogs. And they're interesting because if your dog has like a specific medical condition, like let's say your dog has a liver, a liver problem or a kidney problem, or your cat has a kidney problem and they Mm -hmm. need certain nutritional requirements. They can actually, um, cook for you. Basically they cook, um, real like human grade food and they ship it to you. Um, and Mm -hmm. they can, they can have it meet the same sort of prescription requirements as like a commercial kidney food or commercial liver food for your pet. Um, must be a great business for so lucrative probably wow people will spend anything on their dogs Ooh, bro anything speaking <laughs> of spending we, we we cut you off earlier and <clears throat> you you only touched on how to get your house ready for cats oh. i feel like it's more important how to get your house ready for dogs because we are we are speaking probably to a majority of millennials and everyone's now getting a dog because they want one how do you prep your home for the dog yeah so i mean big things especially you know for like puppies and things is they're going to want to put everything in their mouth. Um, so like, and I have seen dogs come in and they have swallowed anything that <laughs> you can imagine, you know, and you have, I have had to do surgeries to like get these things out of dogs. Sonics mm. because they swallowed them. So like if you have kids, don't leave your toys around. If you, you know, have laundry, like don't leave your socks around, they'll swallow socks, pick your garbage cans up, like really access, um, to anything that they can eat, uh, mouse bait, you know, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. making sure that all that stuff is kind of locked up. Um, I'd say like easy access to either outside. So if you have like a backyard, um, or like keeping their leash and things handy because puppies especially need to go out, you know, quite frequently every half an hour to an hour, you know, when they're really young. Um, so you don't want to be seeing fluffy squatting on the, you know, on the rug and being like, Oh shit, where's his leash, you know? So Man. having all that ready, Um, I think probably the most important thing for dog owners for me, and I think a lot of people are not doing this right now because everyone's home all the time is getting a crate for your dog. I really am a big believer in crate training. Um, it's, you know, people look at it more as like a punishment, like, Oh, I don't want to lock my dog up in in this Mm -hmm. crate. But if you kind of frame it the right way, it really more becomes like their space. It's like their safe space. You know what I mean? It's their house. 
It's their house within your house. Yeah. That's so it. I think getting dogs yeah. used to being crated when you go out, you know, if you leave the house, it's going to be safer for them. Um, you know, and if you kind of get them acclimated to it in a, in a positive way and not like a punishment, not like, oh, you peed on the rug, go to your crate. Mm-hmm. Um, but more like, hey, we're leaving. You know, here's a, a really nice toy and some peanut butter. Like, we'll be back in an hour. You know, it's going to really it's going to um, it's going to make it a nice place for them. And it's really just helpful for you going forward. If, you know, if you ever go on vacation, it's going to be really a lot nicer if your dog is crate trained or if they need to come to the vet and stay in a, in a crate for the day, if they need a surgery or something, it's just, I think it's really a good thing to do. You know, if you're a new dog owner. Hmm. Like that. Yeah. That's, that's I got good. some stuff to think about <clears throat> for your dog, for your yeah. English bulldog. Yeah. But um, he's going to have the best. Oh yeah. That's all I know. That's it. Well, you got to do that. Yeah. Speaking of the best, is there anything that you've seen lately in the industry that like when you saw it, the product, you were like, oh man, I, I will recommend that or, oh, I like that. I, for example, I don't know. And anything, a product that you saw that you think is actually very cool and a good idea for someone to purchase. Mm. Or a service. Like Ooh. you were just talking about that, like meal prep for, uh, yeah. I mean, that's still pretty crazy. Yeah. Not meal to catch off guard. Course. Like, uh, I don't know, any specific, mm-hmm. any cool water fountain you saw for cats or something. <laughs> Someone, if you were to own cats or- <laughs> Bro, I'm going to waste so much money on stuff like that. 100%. Yeah. Oh, my please. gosh. A dog camera? Like a tattoo's actually- neck? No, one in the house. No, so I see what he sees. Oh, that's good. Yeah, you're not thinking what I'm thinking. You see big brain, I told you. Well, that's actually, that is true. My sister has the Furbo or ver- what is Furbo? Furbo. Or- Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can see the dog and it will be like, Fetty is barking and then you can throw him a treat. Like, I think that's pretty fun. What? Um, mm. But I would say for cool products that I think that people would really like or would be beneficial. I mean, for a cat owner, probably the l- least fun thing about owning cat is like cleaning their litter box. That's disgusting. Mm. Um, so there's this like iRobot thing litter box now that cleans itself of and course I think there is amazing so of course there is. are you talking about like the big egg that rotates yeah mm-hmm. it's that. like it's pretty expensive but it's definitely worth it and how especially like 1200 i don't know actually bro i don't know how much it is like cats like if you're gonna go away for example and you're like not there for a day or so to um clean your litter box like cats definitely can get behavior problems if their litter box is not cleaned regularly like they're like hmm. i said they're very finicky so if their litter box is dirty um, they'll just pee on your bed. Like, so wow. it's really, it's really good to have something to, you know, you don't have to think about it. It'll just be clean when you get back. So I think that's a pretty cool, a pretty yeah, cool. You might have to think about that. The, the dome. Bro, the dome. It's crazy. It looks like a spaceship. It's like a big egg. I know exactly what she's talking about. And after they walk in there's sensors and like sifters on the bottom to filter out the litter and it just rotates and then like dumps the clump into like a, a bag. Oh, that's gotta be and like just a keeps spinning to reset. I know that's gotta be at least a car note it has to be. Yeah, like that. You're rich. Like that's it. You're rich if you have one of those. You know, like when you see someone that has like the lions in front of their house, like yeah. at the gate. Yeah, you have one of those. Well, first boxes, off, if, like if you if you pull up and you have a gate, exactly. You're, it's just like wow. Yes. Yes. Your cat has a very nice home. <laughs> yes. That's how you made it. Wow. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For real. That's how you know you made it. That's what gate. we're trying to get to, people. That's mm-hmm. where we're going. <laughs> I'm gonna have that in Calabasas. So, speaking of getting going, now that the world is spinning again and mm-hmm. people are leaving their homes. What would you recommend or like, how do you, how are you going to help people ease out of COVID? Cause this has to have impacted animals, right? Everybody's home all the time. So uh, what do you think? How, how should people take that and help their animals who are now probably used to them being home? 
Right. Yeah. It's a crazy time right now. Um, so yeah, everyone being home again, they thought it was like, what better time to get a pet and home. I have time to potty train it. Like this is going to be great. It's actually great because you know, all the shelters were like emptied by the beginning of COVID. It was awesome. All these animals got homes and they were adopted and that's great. But now these pets don't understand that like you leave, you know, like they think that they're life is you know everybody's home all the time they're never alone this is the Mm -hmm. best like someone's always here to play with me and pet me and and take care of me and what i'm seeing now that people are going back to work is these dogs have horrendous separation anxiety like they just don't know how to function um when they're when their people are not there um like destroying the house while they're gone and like if they have the fur bow, like the dog is just barking for eight hours straight out the window while they're gone, like really, really bad. Um, so I would say, I mean, obviously the first thing is if you are just getting a new puppy or a pet now, again, crate training them, getting them used to you not being there, leaving them alone for a couple hours at a time um, so that they, you know, they don't get accustomed to always being tended to and being around someone. Um, if your dog, you know, already has separation anxiety and you're like, oh my God, this is a nightmare. I don't know how to fix it. You know, there are uh, veterinary behaviorists for like the really severe, uh, cases. Um, otherwise I'd say just kind of very slowly, you know, you can't really go zero to a hundred now that they're uh, used to life this way. So very slowly getting them used to the idea of you leaving. So, you know, maybe go to the front door and pick up your keys. Like you're going to leave. Your dog's going to kind of get nervous, give them a treat and put them down so that they know every time you pick up the the keys is not a time you need to freak out. Um, You know, like put them in the other room um, with, you know, like a Kong toy stuff with peanut butter, um, something really exciting, a toy they really like and leave them there for 20 minutes and then come back. Okay. You know, every time I leave the house, it's not going to be for eight hours. It might only be for a short time. You don't need to panic. Um, So those are kind of, some easy things that you can try, but, you know, if you are, uh, you know, just getting a pet now, I would say just save yourself and, and do this from the, from the get go, because you do not want to have to undo these behaviors. It's really, really tough. That's it. Yeah. So that, that I like what you touched on with like the key and, <clears throat> and giving them a treat to like, kind of, I guess, train them a certain way. Are there any other specific training methods that you always recommend or that you wish people did more of? <laughs> that you would recommend that like you really like? Yeah. So with dogs, especially it's very much positive reinforcement. So like rubbing your dog's nose in, in the pee on the carpet because they did something wrong. That's not effective. Um, <laughs> they, they've already forgotten that they did that. They don't know why you're yelling at them. Um, so rather than that, you know, when they do go outside and pee outside, Oh my God, good boy. You know, here's a treat. That's so good. Um, giving them the opportunity to do that. You know, so if you are trying to, potty train a dog, um, you know, bringing them out very often, giving them the opportunity to succeed, because if you keep them inside too long, you know, that's just going to give them more opportunities to have accidents. And the more accidents they have, again, it's going to be really hard to undo that behavior. Um, So for dogs, definitely positive reinforcement. Um, Clicker training can be really effective. So um, it can be hard if you're like shuffling with a bag of treats um, to get one out in time to actually reward them. So they have these clickers that, you know, if I say sit and the dog sits, click, give a treat, click, give a treat, click, give a treat. And then eventually it's almost like the click becomes the reward because they associate the click with the treat. 
So, so wait, 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 wait. So, so you're standing in front of the dog. You're standing in front of the dog. You hold the clicker, and you say "sit," and then you click it, and they sit no, down. You give them a the treat. Dog, the dog sits, and you click it. You reward them for sitting, okay. with a click, and then a treat. Okay, so it's and not so, you're not using the clicker to trigger them to sit. You're no. applauding them listening to you by clicking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really. Yep. This is all so much. This is good. I'm not ready for this. I might need six more months until I get a dog. You are so not ready for a dog. <laughs> I, you remember I had two I dogs. think that that's a big thing that people make a mistake of, right? They just get animals and they don't deserve animals or, or definitely cannot well, take care of them. Bro, people just have kids and they're just like, all right, I'll figure it out. So that's true. I'm not surprised they get an, like that's a, a dog and say, oh, I'll figure <laughs> it out. That's true. I think people definitely underestimate the time commitment and the money commitment that a pet is. Um, I mean, like with, with human medicine, you go to the doctor, they do whatever you tell them or whatever they tell you, rather you need to run X, Y, Z tests. We're going to, you know, do this, that, and the other thing. And you say, okay, they bill your insurance and you walk out and you have no idea like how much any of that costs. Right. So when you go to the vet, if you don't have pet insurance and you, you know, you're there Mm -hmm. and you have all your shots, you have your annual blood work you know, your dog's limping, you need an x-ray, blah, blah, blah. You get that bill and you're like sticker shock. Oh my God, that's so expensive. Um, so I think that understanding the cost of an animal, even just monthly food, monthly flea yeah. tick, heartworm prevention, like just things that toys, you know, just the wear and tear, the things that you, it's not inexpensive to own a pet. Um, what? Not at all. It's like having yeah. a child. Not that's at all. It's like you have to really, I would encourage people, like, especially if you're like on a budget, it's not just how much did the dog cost? Like I would, I would look at forward and say, okay, how much is food going to cost for a year for this dog? How much is, um, you know, our, our monthly yeah, like, preventative is going to, what if you go on vacation and you have to like get somebody it. to watch? Yeah. Or Rover's, or Rover's crazy. Dog. Right. It's the raking money on Rover. Who's Rover? Yeah. It's Rover. like Uber for dog watchers. What? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. People, y'all know about that? Look, at, look cool. at Bird dropping another gem. People definitely know about Rover. Y'all better go sign up, get this money. I did that all through vet school. Um, you mm. either stay at their house or you can just go visit their house. Um, or the dog can stay at your house, whatever you prefer. But it's really what? cool. It's awesome, man. And Next episode, people. you're about to come in here and see 10 dogs in this apartment. <laughs> to get to start avidly oh, being it's a Rover a super, a super host. A super host. Yeah. It's like you get paid to like rent a dog. It's amazing. Um, why did I not know about this, Bert? We gonna talk after this. I'm upset with you. We're gonna get I'm to Kenbay. We're gonna get to Kenbay on Rover. This is gonna be so Sorry great. And then that's a good thing because then you can kind of get used to it and you can say, "Oh wow, this is actually too much of a commitment for me. I don't want to be home three times a day to let this dog outside." Or yes, you know do. what I mean? Like, I think it's a good practice. Step. I do want to be home three times a day to let out my dog. What uh? What's the what's the worst bill you've ever seen, Doc? Mm. Oh. Hit, hit me because like you said it's not if you don't have pet insurance right they you just hand it and then they have to pay it right or also worst bill you've seen and have people ever just been like yeah no i can't pay that well yeah so i mean i more or less like know ahead of time like a ballpark of like okay this is gonna probably be like x amount of dollars is, is that reasonable for you and then okay cool so you like them. you know Cause I, yeah, I'm not just going to throw it at them and be like, here's your bill. Um, that is actually one of the harder parts of my job is trying to perform kind of like the best medicine while still like remaining realistic within people's budgets and things. Some people, you know, they're like, yeah, cost is not an issue. Do whatever you need. Um, you know, at my hospital, we 
our general practice. So like, we're not specialists. We can do a lot. I do a lot of surgeries um, and we can like hospitalize and, and tend to some things. So our bills are not usually exorbitant. I'd say like the highest bill that I probably had was like, I don't know, five or 6,000. Um, but if you go to like, if your dog, for example, was born with a congenital heart defect or something and it needed open, you know, the heart surgery to, to correct a heart defect, let's say, um, you know, the hospitalization, the, the cardiology fees, the, all of that stuff went easy, easy, 10, 15, you know, upwards of that, you know, and people, people have spent even more than that. If their dog has like some mysterious illness that they don't know about and they're in the hospital for a really long time, they're running a lot of tests, um, blood work, x-rays, MRIs, da, 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 you know, big, big surgeries, easy in those hospitals, you can spend 20 grand. Wow. Okay. Uh, moral of the story, people get pet insurance. Get pet insurance. Get pet insurance. How much does pet insurance cost? Pet insurance is <clears throat> super inexpensive. Probably like monthly premiums probably range anywhere from 30 to absolute max. Super max would be $100. What? Super max. I don't, I don't sell a lot of pet insurance. That's cheap. Nationwide has a phenomenal product. Liberty Mutual has a good product. That's because people, I don't think people know about it. No, they don't. You about to, you about to get 30 it. policies this month, Bert. <laughs> Watch. Um, no. I'm sending all my rogue clients to you. You know, if even if you have like a young, a young, healthy dog, people are like, oh, you know, my dog's young, it's healthy, it's fine. But like, God forbid your dog been hit by a car, you know, and it needs like really intensive care. Um, that's, those are the times that you really are mm. going to be thankful that you have. That's like how people think about like life insurance. I mean, that's all insurance, bro. Yeah. I'm so, always right. so surprised by how much you have life insurance. Yep. Hmm. Um, so you said parts of my job, I don't like telling them about the bill. <clears throat> We, when we were talking earlier before the episode, Dikembe wanted to talk about schooling and how we feel about schooling. Um, Deke, what was the specific question you wanted to ask? Yeah. Dr. Um, you talked about, yeah, a lot of continuing education, like what you could have, the different areas you could have, you know, kind of made a pivot and went down. But looking back on it, right, because I met you in college, those years were great. Um, <laughs> did you think it's, do you think it's necessary for everybody? Oh, for everybody, no. Uh, definitely not. Um, for me in particular, I mean, I had, I, you have to have an undergraduate degree to go to vet school. And that's why I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for me, like I, I didn't really have a way around it. Mm -hmm. um, do I think that all the classes I took at undergrad were necessary? Like my philosophy and English and whatever other classes, theology 101, theology 101, you know, maybe not. Um, but you know, at the same time, like you said, it was the best experience of my life. You know, I, my, my theology 201, you know, I went to Greece for six weeks and studied Greek mythology. So it's mm. like, that was pretty sick. I wouldn't change that. But yeah. in far, in terms of like, so for example, in like Europe, the vet school is condensed to like six years total. So kind of like your undergrad vet school is combined, whereas I okay. had to do eight years of school. And I think that if like is way more efficient and, and definitely going to be less expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, most veterinarians are coming out after they graduate with $400,000 in debt, you know, by the time they get through school. So, Oh my geez. Oh, so it's, God. Nice home that's, it's that's like, a nice, nice house. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like a, it's a real crisis <laughs> in vet med because, you know, we go to the same amount of school 
you know, academically, you know, we don't as, as a human doctor would, mm-hmm. um, four years of undergrad, four years of med school, you don't have to do the internships and the residencies and the fellowships that human doctors do. Um, but you know, the, the debt to income ratio for a vet is, is astonishing. It's stark. Um, so that is a really a big hardship that vets face. Um, and I think that if a lot of I think a lot of people go to vet school out of the goodness of their heart, right? You know, they want to, they want to help animals and Mm -hmm. they want to save the world and whatever. But I don't think a lot of them understand, um, what, what that financial toll, the financial toll and how that's going to affect the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. So when I talk to young people who want to go to vet school, I make it very clear to them that like, if you don't have, you know, the funds saved and you, you know, you don't have a financial plan or you're not independently wealthy, it's going to be really hard for you when you get out of school. Um, and unless you go into doing something like, you know, neurology, cardiology, they're going to make a little bit more money than your, your run of the mill, like every day. Fit. Okay. What about like, uh, do you ever, do you have any classmates that you were with that have their own private practice or are working towards that? Is oh yeah. That, yeah. Yep. So that's definitely, um, the way I'd say that most vets become like more lucrative, obviously, and get yes. out of debt okay. is, is that you, you know, buy your own practice and become a business owner. Um, mm-hmm. It's just very challenging again, because you already have this giant loan. Yeah, um, that on top cool. of you, yeah. Right. So to, to pay, take out another huge loan to buy a practice is tough, you know, in the beginning. So usually yeah. they have to work for quite a while to kind of beat back at that student loan before they can go ahead and purchase. And a, and a piggyback on top of that, because I don't know if many people know, right. But, um, there's actually loans that are offered for uh, for doctors, right? People who are looking to start their own practice. Um, people know I work in banking and we do offer a product specifically for new doctors coming out of school. So, yep. you know, we take into consideration your debt load and say, okay, if you have X amount of dollars, you still have to pay back. But we know, obviously, you know, after extending so many loans to doctors, you can kind of figure what their return is going to be, right? What their income is going to be over the next five, 10, 15 years. Sure. You structure that into a loan and say, okay, we're willing to extend X amount of dollars for you to start your own practice. Um, now, when you, I don't know how, how much experience you've had with people who have their own practice. Can you ballpark the annual income people usually make Ooh, when they start their question. own business like that? <clears throat> that's a, I feel like that's a broad question though. It, yeah. yeah. It if is you can give us like a general range, like what is somebody who has their own pra- uh, practice in this industry bringing in? I think people would be interested in hearing numbers. Of course. Yeah, I honestly, I honestly don't know. I think it would definitely vary because I mean, I know some like for like my best friend growing up, her father owns a one doctor practice. So he's mm-hmm. very small. He's one doctor. He has one nurse. Mm-hmm. It's very small, you know. So his income versus like the practice I work at, which is nine doctors, like fifty employees, it's huge. Um, it's going to be starkly different. Um, yeah. So I'm not. sure. I really, I don't even have like a ballpark for you, to be honest. How um, many, how many animals you're seeing a day, Michaela, on a busy day? Cause I know, you, yeah, I know, I know you got crazy busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I would say on like a, my busy day, I'm probably seeing like 25 appointments. Um, wow. Okay. So yeah, 20, no, they're making money. Oh, for sure. They're making money. Heart mm-hmm. practice. Yeah. Michaela, you doctors. know, we're going to talk about this in about six to eight months from now. Here we go again with the timeline. Okay. We're going to build this in. We're going to work on the private practice plans. And um, we're going to talk about this 25 appointments a day. Yeah. That's a lot. Listen, if you factor carry to one minus a two <laughs> X, 
n plus one. <laughs> I'm gonna come back to you with the with the what it equals, but I got you. Yeah, you we let me this. know what I'm supposed to be making. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we got this. We got this. I, I think she's doing all right. So, oh, she's doing good. Yeah, I know. We know that. So, so you touched on. <clears throat> you also touched on like a uh, crisis where people will come out and they didn't they didn't prepare for the debt. You also before the show touched on other crisis that you truly don't think people are aware of at mm. the moment. So, what what was that? Because I know you did want to touch on that. Yeah. Yep. So I think that I would be uh, doing a disservice to my fellow veterinarian colleagues if I didn't kind of use this platform to talk about this right now. But um, veterinary medicine has a profession has one of the highest uh, suicide rates and, you know, of all professions um, in the country. I didn't know how to uh, silence. You're you're all right. (laughs) Um, I think we got that. Yeah, you're good. So, and I think a lot of that comes down to one, like I said, the debt to income ratio, people are coming out with, you know, 400, $500,000 in debt between undergrad and um, vet school. And then, mm-hmm. you know, if you're in a more rural area or like, you know, you're not in a busy um, city or you work at a small hospital, mm-hmm. you might start out making like 75, which, you know, for the general public, that's, it's a decent salary. But like when you have $400,000 in debt and then you have a car payment and a mortgage and kids yeah. and whatever, it's just. It starts, it adds up very fast. It's very hard to get out from underneath mm-hmm. a $4,000 loan with a 7% interest rate. Yeah. So I think the the economic part of it is very, very stressful um, to, you know, like we said before, talking to clients about like money um, is really, really hard because there are just people that they can't afford it. You know, a dog will come in and excruciating pain or they did get hit by a car or whatever, and they need this much money's worth of treatment. And if the owner can't do it more times than not, I end up having to euthanize that dog. Um, wow. And it really sucks to sucks. to take a life because, you know, mo- because of money, you know, it's not, didn't plan properly. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't a, it wasn't a terminal illness. It wasn't mm-hmm. an incurable disease. It was, we couldn't afford to, to pay it. And I don't blame people for that. It's just the, the reality of, of right. my job, you know, and that I take that home with me. And I think that, that is another thing like people, you know, people joke around, oh, you're a veterinarian, you play with puppies and kittens all day. That must be so fun. Yeah. People always think about the the good side of it. Right. And it is, I mean, I love my job, but wouldn't do anything else. Um, But it's really, really hard to, to lose a patient, you know, to euthanize a patient, to have to, to have to explain to a child, like what, Mm -hmm. why we have to say goodbye to fluffy, you know, so a lot of darkness surrounding the profession. And then I think, you know, the third kind of component to it is that vets don't get the same sort of like respect, I think, that human doctors do. So we, you know, busted our ass and we did all this school and we paid all this money. And, you know, you know, for we are like I am a doctor, I have a doctor mm-hmm. in medicine and, you know, people just the way that people will talk to me sometimes is mm-hmm. I know that they're not talking to their MD like that, you know, yeah. and, you know, they, they really can be very harsh. Um, so I think that those kind of three spokes of that wheel together, and then the type of person that in general becomes a veterinarian are usually like sensitive people, you know, kind of like your last uh, guest on your podcast talked about very Mm -hmm. sensitive people feel things very deeply. (laughs) Um, so when you take all of that stuff, you know, and you bring it home with you every day, I think that if you don't have like a caring support system in your life, you know, if you don't have good parents and good friends and a partner that's there to support you when you get home, I think that that can really, really get, get really hard. And, you know, it does, you know, I've, I know 
Mm-hmm. No colleagues that have already, you know, unfortunately um, lost their lives to suicide because of it. So, oh, wow. I mean, two things. I know you said you don't blame people, right? Um, because you do it for a different reason. I'll blame the people then for you. Hundred percent, right? she should blame. Because I was right there when I was, you. yeah, when I was, when I was working in, um, when I was mind. working in life insurance, I was always so surprised by the way people justified not having life insurance. And these are people who have families, you know, who have children who are dependent on them, who have spouses who are dependent on them, and they're making a conscious decision to say, you know what. I'm just not going to pay the $50 a month, the $20 a month to secure the future for the people I say I love and care about. And I, once again, I, I'm not a vet. I'm not, you know, working with animals on a daily basis. But if you think of it from the position of, okay, you're going to get this, you're going to adopt this pet because you say you love animals or you blah, 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 right? Why not do everything you can do to make sure that you're protecting that, that animal's health, right? Like protect, making sure that when something does come up, you're not going to have to make a decision between, okay, do I pay the money or do I now have to euthanize my pet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like we just can't solve the irresponsibility though. No, on the podcast. No, what they should start doing is saying, Hey, listen, if you want to, I was thinking about this when you're talking, if you do want to adopt a pet, you got to get pet insurance, right? Ooh, if you want to buy a house, a purchase, get a home insurance. Do, yeah. PMI. Right. We got to, we got to make sure we start protecting these things a little bit more. That's so pretty good. Hey, yeah. listen, man, you know, we, we, we come up with ideas. We're, like I, we're idea people. So I have to, to switch to like a lighter gauge <clears throat> and then we'll, we'll go into super important content wreck of the week. Um, you touched on, you were in school for eight years. One, I didn't know that. I, I thought it was seven. That's crazy. Um, I guess time flies when you're having so much fun. Um, <laughs> in school at all, are there any classes surrounding the business or is it just science 24 seven? Love yeah. that. Okay. So no, um, not really there. Ooh. Yes. And we say that a lot coming out of vet school, like, wow, I really wish that someone had kind of discussed this with me a little bit more. There were like clubs. So like, if you were interested in business, you could Mm -hmm. like do this club and you would like learn a little bit more about it. Um, But not, there weren't really any required classes um, about like, I like absolutely money management, loan repayment, Mm -hmm. opening a business, running a business. Like that would have been extremely helpful maybe you know if you thought if you're the type of person that's never going to open your own practice and fine you don't have to do those maybe they're elective but yeah i i think that that would have been um, mm. really important but no not but like really but like um, you're saying though even having at classes least at, on, yeah. at least at my school i went to tufts um mm-hmm. i don't i don't know if other veterinary schools which is a super school. prestigious veterinary school <laughs> don't Come on. Right. Is it not? Yep. Two trone horn. On. Come on now. Toot it. Toot toot. Toot toot. Toot it. No. <laughs> wow, dude. That, that maybe we open like a vet Bro, business. This is where this is where we come in and help people. Firm. People, well, people a, really need to We charge know. a fee and we set you all up. What people really need to know though is how to manage their loans. Like I think that's the biggest part. And that's why I wanted to talk about college, you know, and just because there are gonna people be people who are going into fields that does it really require you spending a hundred thousand six figures on a degree or can you maybe work at a company and get that same type of development get the same type of skills expertise in the field but then like you said there's also majors like yours like the field that you're working in right like the career that you chose that does require that level of of schooling like you do need a a strict curriculum to make sure that you're learning everything yeah that needs to translate to the field yeah maybe there can be that twist right when you talk about like okay how can you innovate on something like that you start putting in 
just money management courses. Like, okay, how do you, if you're going to be spending this amount of money, this is how you manage this loan after it, right? Is there mm-hmm. a certain class that show you how to, or just simple courses? It doesn't have to be a whole class. It could be a, a quarterly seminar that says, hey, this is how you consolidate your loans. This mm-hmm. is how you now go about even negotiating. Like, I don't know if you have to negotiate like your contract, right? Or when you now go off and say, okay, I'm going to start working with this practice, right? And making sure that you nego- know how much you should start earning to make sure you can actually pay for whatever expenses you're not coming into. You know, it's it's probably a bummer too is, so you probably could have taken some business electives in college. Obviously I know because we went together, you could have, but you wanted the classes that were not difficult because you were already drowning and saturated in the most difficult classes that the college offered. That's a good point. Would you recommend like if you had to redo it, if Michaela went back to St. Joe's, be dope. Michaela went back to St. Joe's and she had to retake all four years. Would you integrate a business elective to like help you or no? Yeah. No, you would, you'd still take paint one. I didn't take paint one. I actually minored. I in did. Sports. I was an art minor. So. So, Albert yeah. was such an art minor. I was an art minor, man. So I think I got a piece of art in the closet right now. Actually. Of talent. I'm going to bring I, that on in a second. In Spanish, or que pasa. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think, yes, I think that um, my focus, just because getting into veterinary school is so hard and competitive, like you said, like I needed a 4.0 in my science classes. Right, yeah. I needed needed to have my extracurriculars that were like pertinent towards going to vet school. I think in hindsight, maybe even getting business classes would have looked good in an application, but just from a practical standpoint, yeah, like absolutely, I think. I think that colleges are doing kids a disservice by not making them learn how to be financially responsible. Like it, you know, I think we're really focused on broadening our minds with things like philosophy and English and like, that's important, you know, but I, I think that it's practical. Practically. Yeah. Yeah. See, we're on the same page. Yeah. It's not practical. Okay. You can sit there and how to do their taxes and like how to save for a house. And I talk to people in their mid forties, fifties, sixties who don't understand their taxes, who are still sitting there with student loan debt. And you're, you're spot on with that. It's like, we spend so much time, I think just talking around the real problem that's going to hold most of us back. Mm -hmm. And as you can continue and work and learn towards your, whatever your passion is at the end of the day, right. Or whatever it is that you're really majoring in, we have to be real and say like, there's a financial aspect of this. And just like when we had Dave on, right. And he was talking about people coming out of college and being hit with that, like, Whoa, I got a 500 to $700 college loan debt that I have to repay. Like this is my payment every month. And then people say, Oh, now I want to get this car. That's another 300 to $400 a month. And then you say, okay, I'm going to rent an apartment. That's two grand a month. How much are people making? Right. You just said a lot in that situation. Yeah. You said if you're making 75,000 a year, like, come on now, it's a math problem that after taxes, that does not work out to whatever it is that you're adding up there on your expense side. Yeah, man. I mean, I mean, she, she said it, you know, it's, um, we're going to start a new college. That's cool though. First sip university. Yeah. I'm like really lucky because my parents are both very financial minded. So like Mm -hmm. my life, they've been kind of like preparing me for this and like have helped me so much and like budgeting and all of that. Um, but I think for people who don't have that in their life, like I have no idea what you do, you know, and you know, you can do whatever you want, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Fine. But like, if you can't 
feed your family, like <laughs> you're going to be stressed about it. That's yep. not fun for anyone. That passion, that passion so, goes out the window real quick. Exactly. You can't pay the light bill. At the end That's of the true. day, I love my job, but it is a job. Like I need it to, to mm-hmm. continue living. So if you can do it like in a financially responsible way and you'll be the most, like the most successful as you can, then like yep. that. And I think we should be trying at least to, even if you don't force people to give them the option, like, Hey, you know, this, this business class is available for you and I think it's important and this is what you'll learn. And mm-hmm. I think it's going to be, that would be super, super important, especially for like very, very high debt um, professions like my own. And also, I mean, for, you're yeah, no, you're good, you're good. I was going to say like, also to like pivot kind of like on the same point, but just thinking about like when you're in college, you're also able to network with a lot of people in other majors, right. In other industries. So you might be uh, studying one thing, Albert might be studying another thing, and then you might have someone who's a straight up business major, right? This is where I love what we do with this podcast, because now you might have somebody, okay, I have this issue. Um, let's think about kids who are coming out of school and say, what do I do with this debt? How do I start uh, maybe my own private practice so I can manage this debt or start making more income, making a more lucrative business? Mm-hmm. I think this is where the networking aspect of college is major. And I think sometimes people don't really give it the same level of consideration, right? As they do as like, as the degree yeah. you're coming into contact with some people who are in the next five years might be able to be like, bro, if you got that debt, think about, we had Ryan on the podcast the other day. Right. Oh, and yeah, now yeah. say if, if, if you went to Ryan and said, Hey, Ryan, listen, I got five, $10,000 saved up. Um, but I also have this crazy debt. It's like $500 a month, $400 a month, $300 a month. It's just one bill. What can I do? What do you think I can do? I see you're making some passive income. How can I make another stream of income? to take care of this because it's holding me back from my passion, right? And at the end of the day, your passion is, you, it's on your, on your crew neck, saving all the animals, right? Busy saving all the animals. Like that's what you're, that's what you're about. That's what you want to do. So if you can find ways to focus on that by making more money on the side, wouldn't that be, I mean, I feel like that, that's it. Yeah, of course. I mean, and, but yeah. she said that she, she said that she, mm-hmm. she was doing Rover her whole way through yeah. vet school. I, to, to touch on what you did say, I do think that you do build a network in college. I mean, mm-hmm. I have multiple connections on LinkedIn, for example, course, yeah. who are just kids that I, I just know that they went to St. Joe's. And mm-hmm. even honestly, having, I think there's a lot of power behind the alumni. Like yeah. just the fact that you went to St. Joe's, I will reach out to individuals like on LinkedIn. Close to those people, yeah. mm-hmm. Not even staying close to them, bro. Trying to create new opportunities. I will reach out That's, to individuals yeah. on mm-hmm. LinkedIn all the time and simply send them a message and just say, the hawk will never die. That's it. And then the sentence I want from them. THW. And it'll work like 30% of the time. But the only reason it works is because I went to St. Joe's now. But it's like, and that's, that's a great point. Cause it's like we were saying, right. First joking with first hip university, but you, you build that community, right. You're around a community of people who you share some sort of likeness with. Yeah. Right. And being able to reach out to those people now and saying, Hey, listen, what do you think about this? Where do you think I should pivot with this can be a major changer for, for a lot of people's lives for sure but some people just don't i get get the confidence to ask that question yeah which will hold you back but that's not what we're here for no um michaela mm. so before we touch into super important content record of the week do you have anything else you wanted to say regarding owning a dog owning a cat anything else you want to touch on what are the doctor's orders highlights i actually did just think of something that's like actually really important um nice. So um, I think something that I see a lot that goes really um, unnoticed and I think flies under the radar for a lot of pet owners, dog and cat is um, oral health. <laughs> um, so okay. people, people don't think about their cat's teeth or dog's teeth. You know, they might have like, oh, dog breath or whatever. Um, but like, imagine if you went like 
nine years without brushing your teeth, right? Oh my goodness. What, how gross and terrible would you feel? So it might, you know, your dog or cat might be eating fine. They don't seem like they're in pain. Everything is totally normal. Um, But like having them assessed by a vet regularly is super important um, because I mean, your oral health is vital to your systemic health. Imagine having all kinds of bacteria living in your mouth, you know, that's getting absorbed into your bloodstream. It's getting filtered by your liver. Um, it, it affects so many other things downstream other than like cosmetic. Um, so I am a huge, uh, oral health proponent. I am like the dental guy at my office. Everybody needs their teeth cleaned, which is awesome. And when you touch on, do you, are, would you recommend then like, you know, how some food are super coarse <clears throat> and they like aid in cleaning, would you recommend that or would you recommend a regular dental cleaning at annually or do you recommend brushing hmm. your animal's teeth? Well, best three. Thing you can do best thing you can do is brush your animal's teeth. So if every, you, every day, if you can brush your animal's teeth for 30 seconds, once every 24 to 48 hours, it's going to make a huge difference in your animal's life. Wow. Um, they might still require a, a dental cleaning, like under anesthesia sometime in their life. It's not going to be perfect, but it's going to make a huge, huge difference. Um, yeah, it, it's really, really crazy. I've had people come in with like their 10 year old lab who's, you know, super lazy and whatever. And they're like, oh, he's just old, but he's fine. And you look in and he's got all this tartar, there's inflammation, he's got gingivitis, mm. you know, he eats fine, he's he's just old. And I'm like, please, like I promise you, if you let me clean your dog's teeth, like you're gonna see a difference in your dog. Wow. And, you know, you clean the teeth, you extract any teeth that might be unhealthy. And people have called me in tears weeks later and said, he picked up a ball for the first time in two years. Like mm. he, he's running out in the backyard for the first time in two years. And they had no idea that this lethargy, this laziness, this, you know, general malaise that they attributed to old age was really just all this chronic inflammation and disease in the mouth. So that's just a plug plug. Please go see your, your vet, please. If they recommend a dental cleaning, it's not a joke. People, old school people are like, absolutely floored by the idea of, of getting their dog's teeth done, but it is so, so, so important. Oh no, my cheesesteak egg roll going to have a whole sink, bro. Imagine I'm building a sink for him. Imagine in the how bad you would feel if like you, you realized that in that moment, like when they said that, like they called McKella that mm-hmm. you, you've been like letting your animal down for nope. this long, nope. directly nope. impacting. Nope. 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 Couldn't be me. Get Not your me. animal's teeth clean, people. Y'all better grab the toothbrush. For real. Grab the toothbrush. Some, some Sensodyne. Get some coarse food. What, what should they do? They actually make um, dental-specific food, so dental diet. Um, so that would work. Anything with the VOHC seal on it, Veterinary mm. Oral Health Council. So yeah, that's um, another seal. Yeah, another seal. VOHC. So like APCO, VOHC. So yeah, you know, brushing your teeth is great. Dental diets VOHC. are great. Um, you know, greenies and dental sticks are, are helpful, but they're not ideal. They're not great. Um, so really brushing is, is top notch. If you can't brush your cat's teeth, which I don't blame you, if you can't, um, you know, just see your vet regularly and and they'll let you know if they need a cleaning and just please believe me if they, if they say that they do. They do. Hmm. Man. I hope people took some notes this episode. Yeah. That was a good gem to drop it on. on. Listen, people who are thinking about getting pets. Um, if you're like me, take some notes, a lot you can learn here. Mm-hmm. A lot of things I didn't Have know before ready. this episode. Clean your animal's teeth. I, I knew about the money. You remember I asked you this like three months yeah, ago. I was, like, I was like, I was like, Bert, 
how much these little cats cost? Because you got like six of them. I do. <laughs> how much? Six. How much they six. cost? Because you it's got like week. you uh, got like six of these dudes running around in here uh, between Jack, cats. Loki. I love my cats. Like how much my nephews cost in here? That's all I, I wanted too. to know. Michaela. So, what is your content rack of the week? All right. So I've been really um, going back and forth on this one. How mm. many? Can I get? Just one. You can get two. That's fine. I can get two. You can yeah. have two. You could be our first right. guest with two. All I right. Um, so. So I'm like about 150 hours deep into Discovery Plus right now. That whole network, that whole Yo. app. Our Lord and Savior Joanna Gaines. Is it worth it? Table. Yes, it's worth it. If you have, I think it's Verizon or Comcast. I don't know. I think it's like free for the first month or something. But bro, best five dollars a month I've ever spent. You've got that's so true. It's five dollars. What am I talking about? Air, <laughs> what are you broke? <laughs> what am I broke? Home renovation, travel, everything that you want. And Joanna like, has a cooking show, right? Yeah, she does. She has a cooking show. Oh my her goodness. Her show is so good. Her cooking show. There's the new season of um Fixer Upper, which we were all devastated when Fixer Upper ended, but now it's back. It's back because they were saving it. We're and saving. We didn't even know. Wow. Restoration Road on there. The guy mm. turned the freaking train into a hotel. What? It was Bert, so- you're missing some heat, man. What? You're missing content. So is your content wreck of the week Discovery Plus? The entire the streaming service. The whole yeah. network. Your your content wreck of the week is a honestly, network. you are the you're okay. I'm downloading this right now. Right <laughs> okay, now. But Let me get my also, also okay. so it's not so it's a streaming service, but within the streaming service, I think in July, Chip and Joanna Gaines are getting their own network, Magnolia Network, and you know that's going to be I lit. saw that. Lit. Oh, listen, Bert, all you need to know is about Chip and Joanna. They so, drop gems. So, if so you want to be them, you want to know them, you want to be them. So Dr. McKellar's Content Record of the Week, Discovery Plus. You think we could get have Chip it. and Joanna on? Listen, Discovery if Plus, anybody, plus subset if, anything that Chip and Joanna Gaines have touched. Uh, okay. If anybody knows Chip and Joanna, please plug us in there. Make a connection. Uh, I'm just saying it would be yeah. great. I know they had an interview with Oprah, but I mean, I feel like we're. Oh, that's on Discovery Plus. What's the difference between us and Oprah? <laughs> the interview with Oprah that is on-, on Discovery Plus. Albert, if you really had to think about it, over a billion dollars. So Literally once again, over a billion dollars. We, we always come back to the difference. thing I say though. It's She's just a, a num- it's just a number in our bank account. She's a woman. That okay? That's a large difference. Gender and the number in our really bank account. Listen, what you say? <laughs> What? What she said? She said he, she's probably taller than us Who? too. She no, was talking about us. She did not say us. Direction. I, I was talking about you, Al. Who? Al, Albert. Yes, because he's five foot two. <laughs> I can't be. I'm not five foot two. If Bro, anyone's listening that doesn't know me, I'm not five foot two. That reminds me. What's your content record of the week? I have two because that reminds me of what we were talking about the other I day. Oh, I oh. thought. Oh, I thought. I thought you had hit them both. Hit hit us with the other one. I thought it was Chip and Joanne and Discovery Plus. Me too. Oh, is that two? Shit. Yeah, Never mind. <laughs> no, no, hit the other one. What's the other one? Because you recommend um, an entire network. So, yeah. So, if you want to get more specific with the show, I'm definitely way behind the eight ball in this. But if you mm. haven't watched Yellowstone on Peacock, Yellowstone, you should. Oh, she was trying to tell me about this. What's oh, that? no. Was it you? Oh, sh- dude, What's your that sister about was trying to t- was just tell me uh, about Yellowstone, too. Is she the one who got you into it? No, I got her into it. What? Um, uh, what? Wow. She's trying to steal your thunder. It's in Montana, so it's beautiful. That's where I'll be retiring on a 50-acre ranch in, like, 15 years. I like it. It's, I like, like it. Midwest mob. It's 
dope. You guys will mm, like it. I love that. That's right up our alley, Bert. Because you know we on that snowfall, Peaky Blinders, now Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, here we go. Here we go. This is what we do. We drop gems for the people. What do you got, Deke? Oh, man. So I, thought, I said I had to. I kind of forgot the first one. But the second one, because we were talking a lot about business, a lot about money management. Uh, when people come into their own self-employed practices, right? What can you do? Uh, a book that I read a couple months ago was actually called Profit First. And this was recommended to me by a business owner I met um, in my banking days. He said when he, and he's a very successful business owner. He said when he read this book, he was, he was already doing well, you know, managing his money, making revenue. But as far as knowing which buckets to put his money into, that's where he was always going wrong, right? So at the end of the year, he would go to his accountant and say like, okay, how much, what's my tax liability? And he'd be like, all right, this is how much you owe X amount of dollars. And he'd be like, how? How is that possible? You know, didn't I save enough? Did I not make enough? And it all came down to just how he was delegating his money that he was at coming in. So what basically what Profit First by uh, Mike Mikalovich, all, all it basically breaks down for you is, okay, if you're making X amount of dollars on a monthly basis, on a yearly basis, what should you do with it? No matter what business you're in, what if you make $100, it really breaks down how you should start splitting up this money to make sure that you are profitable at the end of the year. So you can actually pay yourself instead of paying the government or paying the state and saying, or paying the student loan, like Fannie Mae and saying like, oh, y'all taking all my money. What am I left with? So what's the name of it again? Profit first. I think I sent it to you. You did. I'm going to just start building it. a list. Yeah. And I still got to read uh, No Rules. Uh, rules. No Rules, Rules. Yeah, good, I got bro. that next up. Yeah, I recommended that. Yeah, this is what we do, people. We share content. Speaking of content, I just finished up uh, Shift, the one that uh, Brittany Nettles oh, had no uh, recommended. Way. Bro, heat. Really? Crazy. Yeah. She's smart. A lot of gems. A lot good. of gems. But um, yeah, that's my recommendation. Profit first. Bert. Yes. What you got for us? So I have a show um, this week. I, I, I'm about to finish. I'm about two episodes left. It's called Tell Me Your Secrets. It's on Amazon Prime. Mm. And it is a drama thriller. It is. I honestly, I have no idea which direction it's going. It's I about love a, those. it's about a girl who got entered into witness protection. She can't remember anything about her past, but like when they finally trigger her memory, it's key to solving like a massive murder case. What? Um, it's really good. So it's called Tell Me Your Secrets on Amazon Prime. That's really the the most detail I could get into it because the story is super oh, explosive. That's not what I thought and in order for me to get involved into like a crime series, it has to be good. So. I do highly recommend that. Well, we only like top 10 series. Yeah, no, for sure. Like Fast and the Furious. Fast and Furious. Marvel, Yo, you see June 25th. Top 10. June 25th. We got to go to the movies. People, that's the name of the episode that week. June 25th, we go into the movies. We go live. live. We're going to do a live recording in the, in the movie theater. Mikkel, you're invited. We're going to do this live recording. Oh, this is back in the college Massive days. Massive white cherry. Do you remember when we would go see Marvel movies back in the college days? <laughs> <laughs> at midnight like loser or when we went to go see twilight yo that was a good time too yo <laughs> listen this is what we do people we share content M- michaela do you have anything else for everybody else that's listening um rolling into the playoffs trust the process mm, yes i love that that was pretty cool trust the process what a way to end it ttp with that being said, everyone, thank you so much for listening. And as we did mention at the start of the episode, we are growing and we are so thankful. But please, if you listen and you have anyone that you think will be a good guest on our show, let us know. We will welcome anyone and everyone to come on and spread some knowledge. Yep. And with that being said, as always, enjoy the first sip. Yeah.